Broadcasting live from Buffalo State College, here is The Blitz on 91.3 FM. Welcome back to The Blitz on 91.3 FM, WBNY 91.3 FM, Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982. Brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. My name is Evan Harrington. I am joined here with my co-host and Tanner Saunders, Joe Kelly, entering the studio we have an action-packed show for you fellas today. But before we get into things, like I mentioned, my name is Evan Harrington. I'm your host. We got Tanner Saunders, Joe Callie, Dan Dell will be joining us soon. We're just going to get right into it with our Buffalo State Athletics interview of the week. We got new freshman defensemen for the Buffalo State men's hockey team. They are set to take on uh, Lawrence University tonight at 7 p.m. We have freshman defenseman number 20, Chris Blango. How's it going, man? going well. How are you doing, Evan? Uh, I'm doing great. You know, actually, funny enough, you're the first uh, men's hockey interview we're having on the radio station this entire year. So, Sweet. you know, you know, take it in, soak it in, you know, tell the guys in the locker room oh, you're I the will. first one. I will. 100%. I don't want to add any pressure, but uh, we had Joel Frazee on last semester and he was a good interview. So, you know, don't uh, don't get nervous or anything, but I'll just say you got big shoes to fill because Frazee's a good guy. Oh, I got to beat him, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Blango. You know, we're going to talk a little bit, you know, about your upcomings in hockey and, you know, just everything in general with the game going on today. Um, What made you get into hockey as a kid? You know, what was that one thing that just made you lace up some skates as a kid? Uh, We just kind of drove past the rink, me and my mom, uh, and she was like, do you want to try ice hockey? I said, yeah, sure. The first time I actually really, really liked it, and then the second time I would not stop crying. (laughs) So, and then now here I am. How long have you been playing exactly for? Uh, I started skating when I was three, so 16 years, 15 years around there, so. How long, I mean, you said you started skating at three, how long did that take you to really, like, master, and I mean, at three years old, I start. I I played hockey for a little bit and started when I was, like, six, but I can't imagine three years old. Yeah, I mean, I'm still kind of learning stuff, <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't really say I've mastered anything, but I think it probably took me a couple of years to kind of get my feet wet, and then actually play, play any game, so. I mean, there you go. Also, growing up, you obviously had some players that you idolized and tried to model your own game after. Can you just talk about your favorite player growing up and one player that you modeled your game after? Uh, I really liked Eric Carlson growing up. I liked the fact that he could kind of play a 200-foot game as a defenseman, contribute offensively, and also take care of his end at the defensive side of the puck. So it's one player I really, really liked watching growing up. Um, so you are a defenseman. What do you like most about being a defenseman? Uh, I can kind of control the pace of the game, like I can, and I can see everything, and I can kind of dissect what both teams are doing. I'd, like the play is always ahead of me, or it should be always ahead of me. If it's not, I'm doing something wrong. So, <laughs> all right. So, you are a freshman, obviously. So you're coming from the junior side of things. You played your junior days with the Philadelphia Little Flyers. Can you talk about your junior days a little bit and just the experiences you had overall with them? Uh, yeah, so I played for the EHL back at my hometown for Philly. Uh, I started off the year in the North American League uh, in Lone Star in Texas, so quite a ways away from Philly. And then that didn't work out, so I made my way back to back to Philly. And I loved it there. I loved living at home. But eventually I kind of got sick of it, so I wanted to move away and experience something new. So, All right, that kind of just you know segues right into my next question. What made you want to come to Buffalo State? Like, what was the one thing, obviously, besides getting away from home, you know, just coming to Buffalo State and, you know, going to be a future key, key, uh, key contributor to this team? Uh, I think kind of 
Murph and AK kind of sold me on like the rebuilding of the team uh, and the fact that like this incoming freshman class and all the new guys kind of play a key component into rebuilding the team's identity after uh, their season last year. And I liked, I loved the city of Buffalo and AK kind of took me around toward the city. I kind of fell in love with it. So those two things. Is there a, anything in particular that motivates you before a game, a song, a memory, or something like that, or just any like pregame rituals that you have? It's actually kind of funny you say that. So, as you know, the Philadelphia Phillies are in the World Series, mm-hmm. and like their kind of anthem is "Dancing on My Own" by Kalen Scott, and that's actually the one song that I listen to on the car ride over to the rink. So, it's <laughs> oh, kind of nice. funny. That's a good song. I mean, you can't really beat that one, especially before a pregame type of you know experience like that. Um, what has your experience thus far been at Buffalo State school cl- slash class wise? I know being a student athlete is probably a little bit stressful, um, but what are your experiences thus far? You know, in the class setting of things, uh, they've been well so far. All my professors have been really, really nice, kind of giving me a little heads up before everything's due. Um, no pop quizzes yet or anything like that, so <laughs> can't really beat that. <sighs> Blango, I've probably had about 15 pop quizzes just in one <laughs> class alone. So. Yeah, I haven't had any yet, yeah, so I, my heart feels for you. You got the freshman luck. Yeah. You know, myself as a sophomore, I'm not getting that um, overall. Um, let's take a segue into you know your season thus far with Buffalo State. Uh, I want to talk about things in the preseason. You did deal with a knee injury, and obviously that set you back a little bit, being able to get on the ice with the guys uh, in the early parts of preseason. How did you come back from that knee injury, and what was the adversity you were feeling, just the anxiousness to get back out there uh, with the guys? Uh, it really sucked, like, sitting in the stands or on the bench, just kind of watching everybody go through everything. Um, I kind of took it as, like, a step where I can kind of, like, learn and learn, like, our systems, learn what we were up to, like, learn what the coaches want from us as well. Um, but a lot of rehab, too. I was probably in the training room five, six days a week, just kind of working my way to get back, so... Mm-hmm. As long as we're on the uh, the subject of physical activity here, rehab, just outside of rehab, even what what type of exercises do you do off the ice? Like cardio, weights, like what type of exercise are you doing off the ice? Oh, uh, I over the summer I kind of did a lot of both. Uh, we have like these tests. We have testing we have to meet as a part of the hockey team. So both cardio wise and weight wise. So I did a lot of running, a lot of running over the summer, and then just kind of get my body physically fit. Uh, like the conventional stuff, like squats, bench, uh, Bulgarian split squats, stuff like that. So, Now, my question for you is how do you motivate yourself to stay on task with those kinds of exercises? I know a lot of people struggle with, you know, getting out of bed in the morning. Oh, I'm going to go for a run. Like, what, what is it that gets you out of, out of bed in the morning and goes, you know, go do that stuff? Uh, I think it's kind of being like an athlete, being like that. You have that competitive edge mm-hmm. over somebody who doesn't do that. Uh, it kind of gives you something like a little like leading and especially in hockey as fast as as fast as the game is you want to be just that much better than everybody else so kind of think it gives you the extra edge yeah so thus far throughout the season you've just been getting back into the swing of things um you know getting in practice and you know getting ready to suit up you know for the future games what has your experience been with with the guys and uh coach murph and coach ak and just talk a little bit about them as well uh they've been awesome so far everybody's been really really welcoming uh Murph and AK haven't really gotten on us gotten on us that much yet, but all the guys say it's coming, so <laughs> um we're just kind of making making sure we get every single little detail nailed down to start off tonight. So there's one more member on the team we gotta talk about, and that's the director of team media, Mr. Evan Harrington. Now you're you're a freshman, so you haven't been around him maybe as long as some of the other guys have, but 
you know, let's compare notes here. How would you describe Mr. Harrington? Because I spend a lot of time with him myself. Like some might say he's my better half because we, uh, we broadcast Buffalo State athletics together, you know, football, basketball, soccer, and we're going to be doing the game tonight and tomorrow night. So in the short time that you've spent uh, with Evan, what's he like? How would you describe him? He has terrible style. That's the one, th- that's the one thing I've wait, learned. Really? Oh, actually, I'm out of style. <laughs> no, I, I don't like it, man. <laughs> oh, wait. Dude, I wear a flannel like almost every day. You got a flannel and sweats on. Yeah, You're wearing... exactly. You got to be comfortable before tonight. Wearing... Come on, Ev. Say his terrible style is wearing my fit. <laughs> yeah, I don't have good one. I don't have good style either. Okay, We're right. in the same boat. Very <laughs> good. All right. I was waiting. Uh, Buttsy ripped me. You remember? You know Troy Troy Button. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he ripped me um, a good one last year. Oh, I bet, uh, on the yeah. radio. He called in uh, <laughs> just to rip me one over on Twitter. Um, but you know he's always awesome. But no, yeah, no, I love love you guys. You guys are awesome, and you know it's a great experience. And you know you're only gonna get to know me a little bit better throughout <laughs> the rest of the season. So we'll revisit this question um, throughout the rest of the year. But um, one thing that I've seen you, like when I've seen you play in practice, your stick skills are unbelievable. That is the one thing I will say about your game. You're obviously, you're a fluent skater. You're really good passing, very good decision-making, you know, play good defense, but your stick skills are something that I notice in your game. How did you get to that point in your game where your stick skills have just been very noticeable compared to other players on the ice? Well, thank you, Evan. Um, I think a lot of practice, like kind of doing the reps over and over again. Uh, my coach for youth hockey was is also like my skills coach for over the summer, and we kind of nail down the basics before we kind of get moving into like more advanced moves or more advanced like kind of tactics. So, same kind of repetition and practice is the biggest thing. I always ask the athletes when they come up, come in here, depending on what different sport it is, no matter what. What does a uh, typical practice look like for you guys? Uh, so our practices typically they vary on the day. But I'll give you a Monday practice. It's normally battle day, whereas team will be split up into two halves and then we'll the loser of each we play a series of games and the loser of each game will skate as like a punishment uh but normally we start off with like a little warm-up drill kind of get everybody into it get like the feet moving uh hands moving get the goalies warmed up and then we'll jump right into games like three on three down low uh a little at like activation and just kind of come like compete against each other so yeah, no, definitely for sure. So let's move into the you know the games that we got tonight and tomorrow. It's a back to back, you know, home game stretch to open the season. Not only talk about you know the game coming up, but just the back to back feel and you know how have you been preparing for that? Uh, a lot of ice baths. We know it's going to be a battle. Uh, Lawrence, they're big boys. They hit hard. So just kind of getting our bodies right, getting our minds right, uh, making sure we can limit our like body mistakes and our mind mistakes so kind of get mentally sharp stuff like that so what other interests do you have outside of hockey uh i like golf a lot mm. golf i golf a lot over the summer so that's probably if i'm not at the rink i'm either golfing have you uh had a chance to hit any golf balls up in buffalo yet or not yet no actually have i've been like, waiting on some of the guys but have you uh scouted any areas that you might you know partake in when you do so or I forget, but Doc, one of our coaches, Doc, has yeah. told us a, uh, has told me a couple courses. But I drove, by, was driving on the highway, and I saw this bubble. It said yep. like the golf bubble or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they don't. Might, might, in Tonda Wanda. Yeah, it might yeah, try it's that a nice out. little area. We were actually just by there, just a little bit ago. Oh, but all right, <laughs> can you also talk to us a little bit about um, Lawrence University? Just some things you saw in their game that you're going to try to do defensively to match up against them, and what they're going to bring to you offensively. Uh, they bring a lot of speed. Uh, I think we need to control the puck below the dots and do our jobs, like sort problems out, uh, 
they tend to dump the puck in a lot, not really, and try to hit us. So breakouts will need to be pretty per, like pretty perfect and uh, just controlling the puck, being smart with it, and playing our game. Well, yeah, because also another thing, they do have a new coaching staff. So overall, there's not a ton that you guys can really know about this new team. So it, that's also going to be another thing that you guys are going to have to go into is that they're going to probably throw some different things at you that you probably won't even expect. So as yourself, you know, you're on the ice, how do you combat that, you know, just facing random things going on on the ice that you probably didn't expect throughout film sessions? Uh, there's definitely a feeling out period, especially as two opponents that don't really know each other or a lot about each other. Uh the game's probably going to start out a little slow. I mean, they are coming off a 15, 16-hour bus ride. So the game, and I'm sure it'll pick up, and then Friday tonight will be tight, and then I'm sure Saturday will be even tighter. So, How did you scout these guys out? Because I was looking, and I don't think Buffalo State has played them since, like, 2000. So did you guys just watch a lot of film from last year? Uh, a lot of film against their preseason opponent. Hmm. Uh, yeah. preseason opponent opponents. They played uh, Stevens Point and uh, Eau Claire, I think, out in Wisconsin, so. All right, there you go. So we do this segment called uh, Top 3 with all of our guests. And for this one, I want you to tell us your top three current NHL players. Like right now, if there's three guys in the league you're taking to start a franchise with, who are those three guys? I mean, the first one's pretty I think it's got to be Connor McDavid, right? Like, yes. It's hard to argue that. Uh, second one, probably Kale McCarr, the best defenseman in the NHL right now. And uh, I'll round it off with a goalie. I'll go Igor Shosturkin. Really? As much as I hate to say that because he's a Rangers guy. but Oh, yeah, you're a Flyers fan, I'm assuming. <laughs> I but am, yeah. You guys have actually had you know a solid year, a solid you know start to the season. I also want to talk about that really quick uh, before we do wrap up this interview. Um, John Tortorella is the new coach for the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, you guys don't have an you know, overly absurd amount of talent compared to other teams, but... How has Torts been able to get this team just rolling, and especially with the play of Carter Hart? Uh, I think he's kind of bringing back the old mentality, like the Broad Street Bully mentality, where they might, the Flyers might not have the most talent in the world, but they will outwork you and hit you hard. So I think that's kind of been working out for him so far in the early stretch of the season. So There you go. You're Even try- though uh, you're a Flyers fan, do you follow the Sabres much at all? Because you're talking to a bunch of Sabres fans here. So I can't say I do, no. Ah. Just a Philly guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he knows a few guys on the Sabres. You, you'll know a few. Probably your Darlene's, Thompson's, Yo, Talk Skinner. Oh, yeah, Power, all of them. Yeah, yeah Power's mm-hmm. sick and, mm-hmm. and stuff. But, um, hey, Blango, I want to say thank you for joining us. And, you know, good luck tonight. Uh, myself and Tanner will be doing the call. We'll be up in the booth. And, you know, I'll probably see you every intermission or yeah, so. Yeah, thank but, you. Yeah, you know, we all wish you luck here. And, you know, this has been Buffalo State Athletics, our weekly interview with one Buffalo State athlete. And this week's interview was with number 20 to freshman defenseman, Chris Blango, again, thank you for joining, and uh, good luck tonight, Blango. Yeah, thank you, thank so much you guys. For joining I the appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. All right. That has been our weekly interview with Buffalo State Athletics. Just again, like I mentioned, freshman defenseman Chris Blango. We're going to take a quick, quick, quick break on the Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY, and after the break, we will get into some Bills, Sabres, and NBA talk. We'll be back in just a few moments. And then Tuck does his little moves to get outside the line to center ice. A Buffalo with some possession in the offensive zone. Here's a chance for Skinner. Scores! Welcome back to the Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY. My name is Evan Harrington. I am still your host for the next hour 40. Still joined by Tanner Saunders, Joe Callie, and now entering the studio... 
is Mr. Double D, Daniel Dale, coming in just about 20 or so minutes late, but he is here, and he is better. I'm never late. How dare you say that? He is better than ever. He is better than ever. All right. I feel great now. Yeah, so for the rest of the show. More like I feel late now. <laughs> yeah, All so, right, I'm wow. sorry, Double D. I'll wow. stop, I'll stop so, now. <laughs> wow, I, I listened back on uh, Wednesday's recording, and I'm like, uh, no Dan, no problem. <laughs> Or oh, what was no. it? What oh, was it? Tanner said, that? Tanner said, said that? it. Oh, I, that was that was. I was gone. I was gone. He was gone. It was hour. Tanner. I was ruthless. No, I'm sorry. I'm, you I'm said kidding. sorry, Dan, but you know, <laughs> the show I, must go on. Yeah, the show must I mean, go on. That, 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 that Although is, I will say, it goes a lot smoothly when you are here, and you know that. Don't don't think that your work um, goes. No, I'm kidding. I, the, I I love you guys. So you're like worry. the glue guy, you always hear in the NBA, like Draymond Green, like you know glue guys that help you win championships. No, Dan Dan is the glue guy, but a little more than that. He's like all star. I'm not a donkey, Dan. Donkey. All right, so. For the rest of the show, we're going to get into a plethora of different different topics. We're going to talk about the Sabres' loss last night against the Montreal Canadiens as they lost 3-2 in regulation on a last-minute goal by the Canadiens. We'll get to that in just a few minutes, but we're also going to talk probably a little bit about the NBA. We'll get into a little Bills-Packers preview and then also do our game picks for Week 8. But before we do, before we do I just want to get this out there. Tomorrow at 12 o'clock or actually 11.45 in the morning, myself and Tanner Saunders will be traveling to Brockport to call the I-90 Bowl between Brockport and Buffalo State in football. And pregame coverage will begin at 11.45, and our very own Mr. Double D, Daniel Dow, will be actually producing that entire the entire, you know, segment of it for the, for the few hours that he is. So if you're wondering, you know, who's on the board that day, that will be Mr. Double D, Dan Dallin, like I mentioned, myself and Tanner Saunders are on the call. But I also want to play this one little promo that Tanner Saunders made for the game. So I'll play that really quick, and then we'll get back into a little bit of Sabres uh, talk just in a quick second. This Saturday, October 29th, it's the 20th annual I-90 Bowl between the Buffalo State Bengals and the SUNY Brockport Golden Eagles. Brockport has won the last five I-90 Bowls. Will they make it six, or can the Bengals bring the crown back to their town? Listen on 91.3 FM WBNY, or download the Radio FX app for live coverage of this year's game from Brockport with Tanner Saunders and Evan Harrington on the call. Coverage beginning at approximately 11.45 on 91.3 FM WBNY Buffalo. All right, so that was Tanner Saunders' promo for the Brockport game, and Tanner... I mean, unbelievable promo you cut there, man. I mean, round of applause. You, um, yeah, it was fantastic. You did Thanks, your man. thing really well. And just like I mentioned, that everyone can listen into the call of the game on this radio station that you're cur- currently listening to on 91.3 FM WBNY. Or if not, you can download the Radio FX app and listen to that as well, typing in the call sign letters of WBNY. So all those beautiful things in general you can do, and you can hear the beautiful voices of myself and Tanner Saunders. And also, again, we will you know, give a big round of applause for Dan Dow, you know, going to be producing the show. Joe, Joe, do, I, I know you're not going to be doing anything. Do you want to just, like, come in and sit with me? Uh, when is this again? Sorry. Uh, I'm coming like in at 11, food. but, you know, you can come in from whatever time you want. This is tomorrow? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to make you commit to spending time with me <laughs> on uh, air so that I have a recording of it. 
Yeah, actually, I could stop by for a little yeah! bit. Yeah! I won't uh, be lonely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, like I just mentioned there, the Brockport versus Buffalo State game, myself and Tanner will be on it tomorrow doing the call, and then Dan will be producing. All right. Let's get to a little bit of news that probably isn't the best, but we're going to have to talk about it nonetheless because it does involve our very own Buffalo Sabres. They took on, at the time, the 3-4-0 and Montreal Canadiens, and the Buffalo Sabres at the time were 4-2 and coming off their Western road trip, finishing that road trip off 3-1. and And they dropped a game last night, 3-2 against the Montreal Canadiens. A very talented young team with a lot of promise uh, came out, didn't out, you know, didn't out beat us in shots, did not work us overall throughout the entire game. But when it you know, when it was said and done, they capitalized on the scoring chances they had to, and they did beat the Sabers three to two. Uh, just go around, give everyone's quick thoughts on the game, and uh, we'll talk about that for the next 10, 10 minutes or so. I mean, it was definitely disappointing for the loss for sure. I definitely I should have uh, been paying more attention. I think I was watching more of the Ravens Bucks game just mm-hmm. to you know that twelve leg parlay going strong. <laughs> oh, we we hit we hit the first one. Nice. We're still cooking on it nice. right now. So, but uh, you know it's like we said, losses are going to happen. We can't expect a perfect season. I mean, the Canadians, like you said, I mean they they just it, it ended up going that way. I mean I I don't really I didn't watch too much of it, so I really can't speak too much on it. But I mean. It's going to happen sometimes. I mean, we can't just we can't roll over and get upset about it. Like the Sabres team if anything has shown resilience over the past year, so I think we'll come back better than ever after this game, but I don't know. Uh I watched the game at least a little bit. I had uh dinner last night with my mom, so you know, that was fun. But you know, I I I got to admit that Camry, you know, I I don't know if it's the jet lag or what it was. I mean, he still had a pretty decent game. It wasn't Comrie. I was, I, was, I was at the game. It wasn't It wasn't Comrie. I, I don't think it was, but yeah. I mean, he's yeah. still laying the three goals no matter what. Yeah. I mean, the power goal was unlucky going off yeah. the skate from Gallagher. Um, Gallagher's shot. Krebs, eh, I, I mean, it was just a sad game overall, I think. You know, the Jeff Skinner goal came off a faceoff. That could either be luck or it could be, you know, they they were just slow for that beginning for the Canadians. I, I, I mean, it's hard sometimes to, you know, stop somebody off the face-off. But, you know, overall, I, I still thought there, there were some bright spots. I mean, Cousins looks like he's doing pretty well. Um, Tuck still doing fine. Bryson looked better, but you can tell the injuries hurt. Uh, you know, no Samuelson. It, it, it really, you can tell this team is different without some of their starters. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. The Sabres scored, or scored 22 goals, I think, in their first five games, and now they've got three in the last two. So, you know, it's just... Just unfortunate. I mean, Comrie was all right. He saved uh, 31 of 34 shot attempts and one, you know, it was just an unlucky bounce. That's just the way the way it is sometimes in the NHL. You're going to get those, you know, unfriendly bounces. Um, at least uh, Skinner got his first goal of the season. I yeah, guess let that's Mariah cool. Carey play, yeah. you know. Um, 
the Tage Thompson fan in me would still like to see him get going. I think he took seven or eight shots on goal. He last got night. robbed so badly on so many of those, Tanner. He did. Yeah. He um there's a lot of times where Tage Thompson had a lot of shots from the you know, power play uh, near side shot and he just could not capitalize on them. And there was a few chances uh that, you know, Tage Thompson should have shot. He had a wide open shot in the slot and he tried to elect he elected to pass it over to Jack Quinn and that just simply put was probably not the best idea, especially when you're Tage Thompson and you have a shot wide open in the middle of the slot. You gotta take those. But yeah, no, let's let's take a you know, a deeper dive into this game. You know, opening the scoring, the Canadians came out in the first period and, you know, they're winning 1-0. Again, off kind of, you know, a, a fluky goal, I would say, you can you can argue, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, hitting the leg of Owen Power and just kind of bouncing in the net. Uh, definitely an unlucky one. It's a goal that does not happen too often, and it's a, a, rough, bla- a rough break for, you know, Eric Comrie and Owen Power just because it's one of those situations where obviously you don't mean to do that. You don't want to be in that certain spot. And it's just one of those goals that you're going to have to live with, and it's going to happen. And you're going to have to come back from that and try to battle back. And they did. The Buffalo Sabres did. They got a power play in the second period. And Jack Quinn made a nice play, flipping the puck into the slot. Alex Tuck got somewhat of a little bit of possession of it, got it to Jeff Skinner, and Jeff Skinner does what he does best when he's one-on-one with the goaltender. He's going to outwork the goaltender, undress him, and just put the puck upstairs where you know, top shelf where Mama hides the cookies, mm-hmm. uh, as RJ would say. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Jeff Skinner got his first goal of the year, and the building was going nuts, and rightfully so. You know, the Whitney Houston music, I just, outstanding. Uh, and again, Jeff Skinner got his first of the year. It's 1-1. But then, you know, later in the game, Montreal scores, Sabres are down 2-1. to one. And you're like, what type of Sabres team are we going to get? Are we going to get a Sabres team in the past that's going to fold it up and lose this game 3 or 4-1 to one and just move on to the next one Saturday? What are they going to do? This Sabres team, no matter win or loss, will always compete to the very end. They will always battle back. They will t- do everything in their in their willpower to tie it up. And that is a message that Don Granato has been sending you know, for about the two years that he has been the coach of the Buffalo Sabres. And in it's showing. No matter how young this team is, no matter who's in the lineup, no matter you know who's taking the shots, this lineup has the utmost respect and trust in Granado and his message, and they're going to go on the ice and deliver that message. And they did by tying up the game 2-2 two to two on a turnaround shot by Dylan Cousins. And, and you, Dan, you mentioned that Dylan Cousins has been playing better. And I think he's, he's got played... a point in four of the last five games. Yes, yeah. and I think he has been our best player over the last two to three games. I really think he has. He has been outstanding bringing the puck, you know, over the blue line, throughout the neutral zone, uh, you know, through the, through the breakout game. His 200-foot game has always been very good. He's always been able to play the penalty kill. He's, you know, getting some chances on the PP1 unit now. Dylan Cousins is a budding star in the NHL, and I think very soon, very soon, Dylan Cousins will be this team's uh, first-line center. I don't know exactly when that will be. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's next year. Dylan Cousins is still very young. People forget that. He's only 21 years old. He still has a long time to grow into his NHL body and really develop his entire game as a whole. He's got a good shot. He's got the power. He's got the grit to hit. He, again, he can play the penalty kill. He can play the power play. He's got you know very good vision. He can pass on a dime. He's got it all. 
to be an elite center in this league. I don't think he's going to be, uh, you know, what we wanted out of Jack Eichel, but I think he's going to be a very solid number one center in this league. And if you got that, you know, combated with Tage Thompson for the next seven years, I think that's a very good number one and two punch. Uh, nonetheless, whether Thompson or Cousins are, are are above one another, and Tom and you know Dylan Cousins has been very good, and he sh- still showed again why he's been very good netting a goal last night, but then. Late in the game, about three and a half minutes remain, the Canadians came back and scored. I'm trying to remember who scored their last goal um, with three and a half minutes remaining. But the Sabres did go down at that point. And, you know, going down 3-2 with three and a half minutes remaining is tough. It, it, it really is. Um, but I thought the Sabres, again, showed a lot of resilience and showed a lot of adversity and, you know, played with a lot of intensity down the stretch in those final three and a half minutes, trying to get back, uh, especially in the final minute when we did finally get some puck possession in the offensive zone. We set up our guys, pulled the goalie, and we got some things going. And we had a very nice chance to tie the game up at the end of the game. It was literally right in front of me. I was sitting 10 rows up from center ice. It was literally right in front of me. I'm watching it, and I see Rasmus Dahlin just lined up for a one-timer. And he (laughs) just does not get it over the pad of goalie. It, it was it was a full go, ready to tie the game up sort of feel, but we just could not get it. But again, this is a game that happens. I mean, there's 82 games in the NHL season. The Sabres have played seven of them thus far, and you're going to have games like this. Even though the Sabres, are, top to bottom, are a much better team than the Montreal Canadiens, in my opinion, it's just, you know, last night the Canadiens capitalized on their chances. And you also got to think, the Sabres put up a lot of shots on on the Montreal goaltender in Sam Muttonbow. Put up 45 shots. He saved 43 of them. You got to credit Montreal and their defense for, you know, not, you know, getting caved in and not allowing those goals. It's just the Sabres have to capitalize on those chances. And sometimes that's just the game of hockey. You're going to hit a lot of posts. You're going to have a lot of chances in the slot that you're not going to capitalize on. You're going to make some passes that you shouldn't make. You have to take the shots that you got to take. It's just one of those nights, and the Sabres just could not get it overall, but it's just one of those things you got to move on from. And, you know, again, like you mentioned, Joe, come back better, stronger with. Yeah. He's their uh, their backup goalie, too, for Montreal. Isn't that right? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's like a mix, yeah. Uh, well, I guess uh, if there's a couple good things to talk about from this game, at least the Sabres have done a better job in the past couple games of limiting the shots on goal. I mean, when Anderson played the other night, I think they only let up 30 and then uh, tonight they let up 34 where, you know, we saw in some of the wins, you know, they were letting up 40-plus. So that's a good thing at least. Um, oh, shoot. The Kraken was only 24. Oh, yeah. So they're, they're doing a better job in that department at least. But, uh, you know, like you said, Evan, it's an 82-game season. There's going to be your ebbs and flows. We saw them come out of the gate super hot. And now, you know, they're kind of trending downward. But hopefully they can uh, get back on the right track. Still above 500 and. You know, I don't think they played their best hockey yet, so, you know, it would have been nice to, to win a game against, you know, their Not part-time goaltender at best, but, um, you know, still got a, a long way to go and plenty of time to right the ship. So was it disappointing? Yes. But was it like a sound-the-alarm type of loss? Not by any stretch, I don't think. All right. Um, let's take a segue from some, you know, Sabres and Canadians talk, and let's get into... A little bit of Bills Packers talk. You guys want to get into that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right. So, you know, the Bills are set to take on the Green Bay Packers this Sunday night on Sunday Night Football. 820 kickoff at Highmark Stadium. 
first time really the Bills have had Sunday night football at the Ralph in about, you know, 15 years when you really think about it because the one time that we had Sunday night football here, I'm trying to remember who it was, I'm pretty sure it was against the Chiefs, there wasn't any fans allowed in the stadium. So it really wasn't Mm -hmm. a full Mm -hmm. prime time feel because the only thing you can probably hear in the stands... Crowd noise, fake. Yeah, fake crowd noise, if not a cricket falling off. Wait, yeah. didn't we play the Steelers on Sunday night that same season, or was that a Monday night game? I think that was Monday night because the Duck or whatever's last, whatever his name is. Duck Hodgins, Duck Joe, Hodgins come playing. on. Yeah. Come on. It's the first Sunday night game since 2007. Yeah, 15 years. Yeah, that'll be played here with fans. So Makes sense. Are you going to that game, Evan? When we were in the car this morning, you made it sound like you, you were. I am. I will be at that game. I will be in section 114 if any of you awesome listeners want to come and come find me. Uh, I have curly hair, and I'll probably be wearing glasses. You'll probably be able to find me. Section 114, wearing a Josh Allen jersey. Um, So probably, you know, most of the Bills fans, actually. Um, (laughs) I'll be there as well. You'll you'll be there? Where are you sitting, Joe? Yes, I'm in the 300s. I got cheap tickets. They were Ticket prices this year, oh, my Lord. Define cheap, because that's kind of a subjective term. Cheap from a family friend who has seasons is, like, $50 $50 a ticket. So $100 for two Eesh. tickets. Yeah. So, because I didn't want to absolutely scam them. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. get it for 20 bucks. Absolutely not. So, hold on. I got uh, confirmation from the man, the myth, the legend, Evan De Pasquale. That was a Sunday night game, the Steelers game. It was. Okay. Yeah. But that, that was in the COVID year. Yeah. It was no fans still. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So that's what, that's what I'm still saying. Like, it's, you know, both. In, oh, you know what? This, the Chiefs game was Thursday night. I'm pretty sure. Wasn't I it remember sh- it was Joe Buck and Aikman on the call. Yeah, so I think it was Thursday night. Hmm. Uh, the, the Bills Chiefs game in the COVID year in Buffalo. Oh, uh, it might have been. I think it was, actually. That might be right. But one thing I want to toss out there real fast while you guys are figuring this out Aaron Rodgers himself has won 13 consecutive primetime st- starts, longest streak since 1970. And that streak's about to be broken this Sunday. With the Bills being a ten and a half point favorite, still I don't know. Has that number changed, Dan? Do you know, or is it? No, it's still thirteen and zero. I'm trying to. Here's the tweet from Chris Brown about the absolute of the Sunday night game. The Bills are three and zero on Sunday night at home in the McDermott era. Uh, McDermott is five and zero as head coach after the bye. Packers are zero and six all time at Buffalo. Aaron Rodgers has won each of his last thirteen primetime games. And then the Bills are 9-0 and at home versus opponents who entered the game with a losing record since 2020, which is the best in the NFL. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Cheese cheese doesn't work well on beef on whack. Uh, no, and not on chicken wings either. So, uh, so I, I, I think it's going to be a pretty easy win. I'll be shocked if they have, like, any camera and they pan to a Packers fan. <laughs> Honestly, I, there are some around here that I know at least that are going. So I actually did see at the Sabres game last night. I saw a few Packers fans just you know a couple sections over from me in the Sabres arena last night, and they were kind of disguising themselves. They didn't have their Aaron Rodgers, their Jordy Nelson, they their Devontae Adams jerseys on. Yeah, no, they just you know had their, their their Packers caps on with their hood on. They were kind of they're just enjoying the atmosphere. And, yeah, enjoying the atmosphere, and rightfully so. I mean, I don't know if they are like Montreal Canadiens fans or Sabres fans or whatever. They just wanted to just come out to a hockey game. But nonetheless, yeah, yeah, they might honestly be traveling from Wisconsin 
like yeah. staying in Buffalo and wanted something to do that I, you know, for the weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they saw the Sabres were playing. Because I know I've done that. I went to a Detroit Pistons game in Michigan one time. Nice. And uh, they won against the Charlotte Hornets in overtime, 122 to 120. Hmm. It was a pretty exciting game. Only NBA game I've ever been to in my life. What year was that? I was a freshman in high school, so 2015 or 16. Oh, well, Andre there. Drummond action. Yeah, 2016. Yeah. yeah. And the Hornets? Said? And Kemba might have against been there. Against the Hornets. Kemba Walker. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gordon Hayward. I don't think so. Not in 2016. He was still in Utah at that. Oh time. no, that Utah. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know why I thought. No, you know what? That's that's my bad. Yeah, he hadn't even gone to Boston yet, and then eventually Charlotte. So yeah. he would have still been in Utah. It would have been Kemba and nobody else in Charlotte. <laughs> All right, let's actually move now towards the actual injury report for you know the Green Bay Packers and the Buffalo Bills. If someone can pull up the current injury report for the Packers, that would be awesome. Right now, I. All right, you got it? Dan's got it. I'm always on it. All right, because the last one I had was from 22 hours ago. I don't think they've actually released their full new one yet that I have saw. If they have. They probably haven't. Yeah, they probably haven't. But the Bills have released their full injury report for this game. Yeah, at 144 they did. And I just want to say one thing. My gosh, it is awesome to not have a full injury report Mm -hmm. of just questionable questionable out 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 questionable questionable doubtful out 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 like this is the first time or i guess the second time if you want to count the chiefs game in a sense really in you know the last little while that the bills have been really healthy and i think this is really huge for the buffalo bills Mm -hmm. obviously one thing before we get into the injury report we know tredavious white is not going to be playing sean mcdermott i believe on tuesday on the extra point show uh noted that you know they're not playing Tredavis White is not playing we're still going to take the yeah. you know acclimate him into the NFL schedule a little bit because you know for Tredavis White really I didn't think about this but I heard someone say it his offseason really just began about a week ago mm-hmm. like he's got to catch up to the full speed of things he's got to get caught up to the NFL game speed once again yeah. because it's been a over a year since he's played in an NFL game just about a year almost, he's played in an NFL game. So I think this is huge um, news, at least, that we know Tredavious White is on his way back for the Buffalo Bills. And what's up? Do you think that that's because they, the Packers don't really have a deep wide receiver core? No, I, I, I really think it's um, more of the fact that the Bills don't want to just rush him in. Mm. Because, again, he was, you know, coming out of the Chiefs game, all right, Trey, you're going to start practicing a little bit. We're going to get your feet wet. We want to get you caught up to the game speed back at the NFL level and just just get you back in the swing of things. But, you know, we don't want to rush you. Right. And I, I don't think— it He's matter- in the, the contact jersey now, though. He's in white yeah, jersey. Yeah, he's in, in white practice. jersey. They actually yeah. did take him out of the out of the red non-contact jersey, and he, he is in a normal jersey now um, in the white one, to be specific. So that is really good news. And potentially, we will probably see Tredavious White the following week in Week 9. So that is just some good news overall. And we will probably see him activated off the IR potentially sometime midweek next week. So nonetheless, let's take an actual look at at the injury report now. Really, the biggest injury of the day on the injury report is Spencer Brown ankle that he suffered in the Chiefs game just two weeks ago. Was it... A do not participant Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and his game status is officially out. He is out. Um, other than that, 
the only player on the injury report is questionable, and that is the game status for themselves. And Jake Kumaro's full, which is huge. Obviously, he hasn't been playing the last few weeks with a high ankle sprain. Uh, Cam Lewis, full. Uh, Mitch Morse, full. Jordan Phillips, full. I mean, these were guys that, you know, have been battling with some sort of injury throughout part of the season. And, you know, for them to be full on a Friday practice, I think is huge. And it's going to be very uh, beneficial for what the Buffalo Bills have coming up in store this week. Sunday night against the Green Bay Packers because a lot of our guys have been injured throughout the season, but this Bills defense is still one of, has still been one of the top units, if not the best unit in football. And again, once we get Tredavious White back, it is going to be huge for this defense. Yeah, honestly, it's it's like you said, we already the depth has been tested this season, and it's shown up. Like the proof's in the pudding at this point. The Bills have the formula to win with without their starters, with or without their starters. I mean, just looking at this injury report, it's nice, honestly, like you said, not to have the full injury report. Normally, it was a, a two-pager if you were looking at it. Like, there were so many people. It was just all the way down to the bottom of this one and then a little sidebar on the next one, you know? So it's nice to see the list of names going down low. I mean, every time I see Von Miller on here or Stefan Diggs, I'm like, oh, my gosh, and then I see vet rest. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's just never not going to make my heart sink right away. But um, the fact that, you know, Poyer's good. And Micah Hyde had his surgery, too. Yes. And that went well, I guess. So <laughs> bless you. But, uh, he, Sorry about that. No, you're okay. He, I'm getting everybody sick. Yeah, Jeez, Dan's I come back, and then it's like I spread. Spreading the plague. But, I mean... Even Jake Kumaro coming back for this game, huge, absolutely huge. Aaron Rodgers talking him up. Like you said, we were talking about oh, that yeah. the other He's day. like, yeah, the Bills got a lot going on. They got a great quarterback, good defense, a lot of weapons. Jake Kumaro. <laughs> like, <they> got- <laughs> Singles him out over Diggs, Davis, uh, and Allen, everyone. It's just like. No, I'm going to be Aaron Rodgers for a second. I mean, yeah, when you, you know, take a look at this, uh, you know, Bills receiving core and they got a few guys, you know, up and down the lineup. Jake, Kum- Jake Kumaro. No, that's a football player. <laughs> yeah, he's probably jealous that he doesn't have Jake Kumaro right now. He probably is. I mean, remember, he really actually liked Kumaro. Yeah. Uh-huh. I I mean, I beg you, if he was still in Green Bay, he would be he would probably be better fantasy than relevant. Alan Lazard is. <laughs> Jake Kumaro, fantasy relevant. Imagine. Imagine. He's yeah. a wide receiver 22 on the year. <laughs> he'll, he'll put up Randy Moss stat lines just from deep passes. Jake oh. Kumaro. Hey, shout out to Jake Kumaro, though. Uh, just like all four of us, a Division Three legend at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. Touchdown, Jesus. I, yeah, I think the Bills honestly have shaken, you know, there's always the, the stigma of Division Three. oh, you're not going to go professional after you're done playing college sports, right? Allen went to a community college, right? Wrote every mm-hmm. letter to the colleges that disregarded him and told them what a mistake it was. And then look at him. One of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. Jake Kumaro just adds to that. He broke the chain even more. D3 school plays for the Buffalo Bills as a starting wide receiver. Well, not really, but he's on the, I mean, he is. He was one of their five activated receivers at the beginning of the season. Dawson so. Knox turned from quarterback to tight end. Exactly. And miss. Yep. And uh, our old UB quarterback that was the Bills Tyree. quarterback, Tyree Jackson. Yep, Tyree, Tyree Jackson. Jackson. He is now a, a tight end in the NFL, is he? Is he not? I believe he's yeah, with, with the, the Eagles. With the yep. Eagles. So I mean, it, that's it's pretty cool to see. I mean, you can switch. Even Edelman, 
look back at that. He was yeah. a quarterback, uh-huh. but he's too short. So, I mean, he switched to a little speedy wide receiver. Uh, take notes, Russell Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Russell Wilson's looking more like a tight end now, too. So, after all those danger witches. So yeah. I, uh, <laughs> it's spicy. Yeah. Be careful, though. I mean, he's just getting trashed by the media. Well, so is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if we're going back on point here, I I mean, Rodgers has just been killed this week from media. Pat McAfee show, you know, Packers media. They are just clowning on him like it's nobody's business. I mean, people thought he wasn't going to show up on the McAfee show, and then he says, you know, oh, well, some guys are going to get less snaps because they don't know what the heck they're doing. Oh, my God. I, I, I mean, it, it's like this guy is just on a revenge path. Like, he is just on a full go through everybody, and I will be, like, the last one. You know, I, I will lead the group and kill everybody in my way. That That is Aaron Rodgers. He does not care about friends. He will burn every bridge that he has. I, I mean, remember, he he's such... A, a jerk to his own team that when they drafted Jordan Love, he's won MVP twice now, is going to be tenured for at least until Jordan Love is gone, uh, from or at least his rookie contract is over, maybe not gone. But, I mean, this dude does not want this team to progress, and then he complains, I don't have weapons. I, I don't have any. I, I missed Devonta. Take me back to, uh, like, Rogers, shut up. Go on your meditation period. And yeah, learn. take some psychedelics. Yeah, like you take said, some gave psychedelics you back-to-back MVPs, and, you know. You know, get your head <laughs> back in the game. I mean, this dude has not been an MVP. I mean, remember, the last three quarterbacks he's lost to has been Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, Taylor Heineke. Congratulations. You have become just as lousy as old man Brady down in Tampa. Congrats. I think they're both looking back right now and thinking, oh, that golf game after that, that I should have gone out. They really just should have retired at this point. I mean, Brady should have retired. He should have stayed retired, at least. And I think Rodgers is just, he should have known that the Packers do not like spending money or doing anything on the offense. I I mean, all all they did for Rodgers was re-sign Robert Tunyon. And bring in Randall Cobb. I mean, they did. They did add two young receivers. Throughout oh, the draft. Dobbs and Watson. Oh, come on! You're talking what second rounder and a sixth or a fifth, fourth whatever. rounder. I mean, I mean. Oh, Watson was a fourth. I mean, the no, one Watson thing- was a second. Dobbs was the later. Was yeah, no, he? Watson was a second, almost first round pick. Actually, well, he was Watson is some on the thirtieth overall range. Maybe Injuries are killing seven. him. Yeah, and then Romeo Dobbs is taken in the fourth. And I mean, when you look at the NFL draft, I actually want to talk about this a little bit because the big narrative around the NFL is, oh, well, the Packers don't give Aaron Rodgers help, you know, in the draft. They don't draft a first round receiver. You don't need to draft a first round receiver to have good weapons in the NFL. Look at the Buffalo Bills, for example. How many of our guys are first-round picks? Stephon Diggs was a fifth-round pick. Mm-hmm. Gabe Davis was a fourth-round pick. Mm-hmm. Isaiah McKenzie was a sixth-round pick. Khalil Shakir was a fourth-round pick. Dawson Knox was a third-round pick. None of our guys catching footballs right now from Josh Allen were first-round picks. The Buffalo Bills have never drafted a receiver in the first round. Because they know what they're doing. Yes, but what I'm saying is throughout Aaron Rodgers' career— he has had players drafted in the second round a plethora of times that have turned out to be very good players. Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, um, 
Devontae Adams, who's arguably the best receiver in football. The guy is electric. He's elite. He's one of the best guys in the game. He's been very good for years. He still has good weapons in A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones. They're good players. Robert Tunyon Don't you solid him. tight end. Solid tight end. You know, again, now, are their weapons perfect? No. Could there be better weapons? Yeah. Did they do the greatest job this season surrounding him potentially with weapons? Probably not. But every single season that Aaron Rodgers has been in the NFL, he's had good enough, if not really great weapons. I, and, I disagree with that. He got the best receiver in football. Like, yeah, that's it though. He didn't have a second. That's all he needed was the best receiver in football. That's really the, all he needed to throw. As to. of right now, it, the it, best receiver in football made Aaron Rodgers. He didn't make Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So you're thinking Aaron Rodgers won that, a Super Bowl without Devontae. Yeah, dude. Aaron, yeah, but that's with Jordy Nelson and Jermichael Finley, and th- those guys are actually good. But after they left, all right, Dan, we're not. Know, we're not getting this. Well, you're not going to let me rant here. No, hold on, go ahead, Double D. I just. Let me play double devil's advocate first. I'd say, what do all these guys have in common? The com- like people like to say, oh, wide receivers made this quarterback. No, all the the common denominator between all these guys is that Aaron Rodgers is throwing them the ball. I feel like it's half and half. Every though. great quarterback has a great receiver. Because remember, most some passes from Devont to Devonta were short passes, but he gets yards after catch. Who's throwing the football in the right spot to catch it to turn up after the field on the catch? So you can't just throw the guy the football and just turn up the field after the catch. The ball has to be placed in a good spot for the receiver to turn up field after the catch. Okay, so you're telling me Daniel Jones is a really good quarterback now because Daniel he can Jones do that? Daniel Jones has been good this year. He hasn't just, been just this year. He's been good this year. Just this year. Well, it's, it's the film. He's he doesn't have any year. weapons. It's, he's in his fourth year in the NFL. He's got, he's got Saquon Barkley, and he's playing conservatively, you know, hitting a high, accurate amount of his passes. He's not asked to do too much. He's not asked to do too little. He's just doing what he needs supposed to do. He's not carrying the offense on his back. He's not doing a whole lot. Evan, I, I want to read you the qu- <laughs> weapons, quote-unquote weapons, you have said that the Packers have brought in for Aaron Rodgers. Romeo Dobbs, um, we said... Christian Watson, Dan, I said, Amari Rodgers. I said they've had weapons every year besides this year. They didn't do the greatest job of bringing weapons. I didn't say they didn't bring in weapons. You're, I, you're telling me they only had two weapons throughout the the time, like, past couple of years. Devonta and Aaron Jones. That was it. That was it. I could argue that those were the only two weapons on that team. I mean, they've had solid receivers over the time. I mean, when you have a guy like Devontae Adams, your next – you know, number two and three receivers aren't going to get as much love, whether that's Alan Lazard, MVS, Randall Cobb, over the times he was there with Aaron Rodgers during those couple stints he was, you know, going back and forth. Robert Tunyon, Aaron Jones. I mean. Why not, though? Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis gets about same amount of love. I mean, you could look at Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley had a really good year as a third. Cole Beasley was the second receiver here in Buffalo. John Brown was still there. No, John Brown was John Brown the, was still here during John, the yeah, but he close to a thousand. Yeah, he was the number two outside, but Cole Beasley was getting, you know, a hundred plus targets as a slot receiver. Yeah, he, he was, was the, the number one team slot. pro. He was the number one slot. He was Josh Allen's safety blanket. I'm pretty sure Devin Singletary got more receptions than John Brown in twenty twenty. So I mean, nonetheless, like you know, it it's it's a good thing right now that the Bills have weapons. And you know, the Packers have their guys and they don't. But let's 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 just move on into the next part of the segment with the Packers injury report that I have right over here. 
uh, from about 22 hours ago. Um, some of it was updated, but not the entire part of it was. If more of it does come out, um, then we will update you later on in the show about it. But the one thing that I do know thus far is Alan Lazard is out for this game with a, sh- a shoulder injury. He doesn't expect it to be long-term and doesn't expect that he might need long-term surgery on it. But he knows that it is out that he is out for this game and that it does hurt him enough that he won't suit up against the Buffalo Bills. He got this visited by the Rice Sunday Krispie night. men. Yes. <laughs> um, and then also, <laughs> David Bakhtiari, another player that is going to be questionable coming into this game. He was limited Wednesday, did not participate Thursday. Again, we don't know much about Friday unless the updated injury report came out. He's got a knee injury. He's very skeptical skeptical about playing on it. So that's another one. And then another player, Rashawn Gary, their number one outside pass rusher uh, with a concussion. He did not participate uh, Wednesday and he was limited Thursday. So if he's not good to go, then he, you know, not having him would be huge, uh, you know, for the Bills. But nonetheless, Sammy Watkins most likely will be playing um, against the Bills this Sunday, which would be the first time that he's playing in Buffalo since 2017. Christian Watson, hamstring limited participant uh, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, Elton Jenkins did not participate Wednesday, and then he was a limited Thursday. Other than that, I mean, the Packers, to an extent, are relatively healthy. Um, They got some things that they need to work on, but nonetheless, if they don't have Alan Lazard, which is their number one wide receiver at the moment, that is just going to make the Bills' life a lot easier on the defensive side of the ball, especially at the cornerback position. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that really quick, and then we'll head into a break, and then we'll get back, talk a little bit about the NBA potentially, and get back into our game picks. What are your guys' thoughts about the Packers not having Alan Lazard this week? I mean, I, I feel like even with Alan Lazard, they had a weak wide receiver core this year, a very young, uh, unpolished, you know, non-polished wide receiver core. And I, I think the Bills are going to know how to play against that. Even Elam, I mean, he had a good game against the Chiefs. I mean, after a subpar performance in Pitts, against Pittsburgh with George Pickens kind of running the table on him a little bit. But um, I think our guys are going to be great against, I mean, they're, they're let's just face it, not their second string down guys. I, it's, it's, it's a breath of fresh air. I, I think it's going to go well. I don't think... Even with Lazard, there was much to worry about, but now there's definitely not as much. <laughs> Alan Lazard, Alan Robinson, Alan Hearns. Who cares? The only Alan that, that's going to make an impact in this game is wearing number 17, and he's lacing up for the Buffalo Bills. So as long as that Alan's on the field, don't matter what. Bills by a billion. Yeah, come on. We're really tell- You're really telling me the most dangerous target on this team right now without Alan Lazard is Robert Tunyon? Come on. I mean, I'm not worried at all about this. Come on. It's more like, thank you. Thank you for sitting out a week, and you can sit on my bench in fantasy football. Don't care, uh, because I, I'm expecting a lot of dropped passes from these Packers receivers. Just, just I can't wait to see how many Butterfinger signs there are. <laughs> After I, I bet you one of them will get a Butterfinger sponsorship by the end of that game. Yeah, you know, the thing with the <laughs> Packers offense, we know that they are thinner at receiver when it comes to 
the top guy. They don't have a Stefan Diggs. They don't have a Tyreek Hill, a Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams. I mean, what that would be an awesome guy to have in your organization, right? They don't have that top number one receiver in their organization. Now, they have a bunch of quality receivers in Dobbs, Watson, Watkins still can make plays. Cobb is still solid. Lazard has been known to make plays yeah. um, when healthy. Tunyon's good. But the biggest issue with this team, in my opinion, is their running backs in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. These are the two players that the Bills are going to have to key up on hugely. Aaron Jones, as of right now, is their best receiver. He is their best guy to get the ball in the hands of, uh, whether that's you know lined up on the line of scrimmage as, as a slot receiver on the outside, just in the quick screen game, or just simply giving him the football and letting him run with it. He is their most most a dynamic playmaker, and then A.J. Dillon, a big bruising back that can do a lot of damage as well. The Bills are going to have to keep No, up. he hasn't. He hasn't done anything. I'm going to cut you off because I know he hasn't done anything. Who, Aaron Jones or Dillon? Dillon. Oh, yeah. He's, he's still a, a solid back. He's, he's not being used. He's not that good right now. <laughs> Well, just because he's not being used doesn't mean he's not good. He's, yeah. he's, he's still a good— I, I still Well, last, th- last week was one of his best performances of the season. Yeah, Aaron that's Jones. sad. He's still, he's still a good running back in A.J. Dillon. He's still a player that the Bills are going to have to you know, key in on and not allow him, when he does get the touches that he deserves, to you know, break one loose and you know, pile and drive himself through the defense, especially in the red zone. They're going to try to use him on short-yarded situations on some runs and— you know, if he sees a gap, he can definitely run through it and use his big-bodied frame to get some extra yards and try to pick up the first down and potentially a touchdown for the Packers. So the Bills are going to have to key in on those two guys, and especially Robert Tunyon. But the Bills do such a good job against tight ends. Um, the most recent one is holding Mark Andrews to, like, three receptions for 16 yards against the Ravens a few weeks ago. That pained me because I had him in fantasy, but my gosh, that was mm-hmm. awesome yeah. just to see that because the Bills are the best defense in the NFL against tight ends. All right, we are going to take a quick break on the Blitz. After the break, we'll talk a little more about you know the NFL, maybe a little bit more Sabres, a couple couple news, and if the uh, injury report comes out for the Packers, we'll take a deep dive on that. We'll also talk a little bit about the NBA, Tanner. And then after that, we'll take another break, and then we'll come back for our week eight game picks again we'll be right back on the blitz on 91.3 fm wbny here tonight third to four allen stepping up and now floating it downfield and Diggs is behind the secondary stumbles but brings it in buffalo touchdown Welcome back to the Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY, 91.3 FM WBNY, Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. My name is Evan Harrington. I am your host for the next 47 minutes. I am still joined by by my wonderful co-host in Tander Saunders, T-Sizzle, in Joe Cali, the Buffalonian, and also to my right in Studio A, I got myself. A guy called Daniel Dale, Mr. Double D, in the studio as well. But, you know, that clip I played was just Josh Allen throwing a dime right over the head of Mr. Jalen Ramsey in the NFL season opening kickoff game weeks ago, almost two months ago, matter of fact, um, against the L.A. Rams where the Bills won 31-10 in the NFL's season opener. What a game, man. I just love remembering that one. That was an all-time moment for me as a Bills fan. But now... Since, you know, it is, uh, you know, we, we still have about 45 minutes left in the show. Hold on a second. Can I just pat myself on the back real quick for something? 
What do you want to do? I've been uh, chatting via text throughout the show with, uh, <laughs> like done. I mentioned, the man, the myth, the legend. We all love him, Evan D. Pasquale. And he wanted to test me with a little trivia. He's like, "How many quarter? did you see how many quarterbacks Sammy Watkins has caught a pass from in his career? Ooh. Let's do this, actually. Oh, yeah, do you want to guess? Take a I was guess. going to say do some NBA talk, but maybe we'll get into that in a couple well, this minutes. this won't take long. How, how many quarterbacks has he caught a pass from? All right. E.J. Manuel. Mm-hmm. Kyle Orton. Mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. Just on the Bills. Just yeah, on the Bills. Just on, on the, the, the Bills. Bills. Yeah, just on the Bills. He didn't play with Nathan Peterman. Mm-mm. Would, um... Oh, A.J. McCarron. No, no, no. That was 2017. A.J. Tool? Or, uh, Jeff Tool? I don't know. I have to double-check that. All right, so we got at least three locks. You didn't tell me the names of the quarterbacks, but just he the, just number. the numbers. right. So we got three you can from try Buffalo. And guess names. Three, from, three from Buffalo. Then he went to the Rams, which would be Jared Goff. Got Jared Goff, so that's four. Mm-hmm. Then he went to Kansas City, played with Mahomes. Yep. That's five. And then... He went to... Was he on Baltimore? He went to Baltimore, so he caught from Lamar. Did he... Wait, did he catch from Tyler Huntley? Oh. We'll keep that one in the back of our mind. So He wait. might... I'm going to say, so wait, odds are he right did. Now, we got three in Buffalo. Jared Goff, Mahomes, Lamar. We're at six. Oh, Robert Griffin III. Oh, RG, yes. RG3. That's yes. right. The Twitter warrior. Wait, was he on that? Was, he was Matt on... Moore? No, he... <sighs> no, no. Uh, I don't think he was because uh, Dan. No, no, no. Actually, Matt Moore. Remember, he started that last game of the, what was it? Like the almost undefeated season for the Chiefs. He played against the Chargers. I I can't remember if Sammy was on that team or not. All right, I don't think it was RG3, though, because RG3 was 2020 and Watkins is on the team in 2021. And if he was... When the Ravens came into Buffalo, RG3 was on that team. And if Watkins was on that team, he would have played in Buffalo for the first time since 2017, and he didn't. So yeah. I don't think RG3 is on that team. Or Watkins wasn't on that team with RG3. Oh, gosh. Um, and then now he's on the Packers, and he's obviously gotten a pass from Aaron Rodgers. So we got three from Buffalo. Jared Goff, which is four. Patrick Mahomes is five. Let's say Lamar six. And then we'll say... Huntley, seven. And then we'll also say Rodgers, it's eight. So it's eight? He told me ten, but I got to get I gotta get confirmation on that. I'm trying to, try to Google it to see if I can uh, figure it out, or see if I can find a tweet somewhere on Twitter. But for now, we'll say tentatively ten. Which ten. We guessed eight. I wonder who the other two could be. Evan, Evan give you... Uh... <laughs> Not that great trivia. I thought it was going to be like just five no off offense, the bills Evan. alone. No, it's a it's a fair it's a fair question. I just had no. To it's a good question. I just is. wish he would have listed the quarterbacks. I'll try and figure it out here. Then you guys. We go actually ahead. have the man, the myth, the legend. Oh, here we go. In Mister Evan De Pasquale calling from Amherst. Uh, hey, what's going on, Evan? It's kind of weird, you know, answering yourself as a as a caller when we used to have you on the show as the main host. But you know, you're here as a caller now for what probably the third or fourth time in the last little bit. How's it going, Evan? Uh, it's going well. You know, I was just li- I was just listening to the show, and I was like, uh, I'll throw in a few uh, things that I learned from earlier today on the Extra Point show. But so. The one there was one quarterback that Sammy Watkins caught a pass from that uh, we did, me and Sal did not get 
until um, they mentioned what college he went to, and that is Cardell Jones. Oh. oh. That makes sense. <laughs> All of us just went, oh. Because I remember Card- I I used to call him Cardale. Cardale. Yeah, so Cardell Jones was a very late-round pick in, correct me if I'm wrong here, the 2014 NFL draft? Something like that uh, out of Ohio State. Yeah, but out of Ohio State, Cardell Jones, sixth or seventh-round pick, trying to remember, big-bodied quarterback, was on the roster for a couple years, really can never, you know, maybe it was 2016, actually. He really can never step up to the plate. And, you know, he went over to the Chargers after a couple seasons with the Bills, and then he was a fourth-round pick in 2016, 139th overall selection. You know, he had a solid career, and nothing really panned out too much, but then he kind of filtered out of the league after a few years. But it's just one of those quarterbacks you don't even think about when you think of that. When you think of former Bills quarterbacks, yeah, I'd probably think of Cardell Jones after a while. Yeah, after probably 10 minutes of listing other ones. Jo- Rob Johnson would pop in my head before Cardell yeah, Jones. But not not a quarterback <laughs> that would have thrown a pass to Sammy Watkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I, I can see where it Wait. is now. Jones entered the game to begin the fourth quarter after Manuel was benched against <laughs> the uh, final game of the regular season against the Jets. Ooh. So he completed 6 of 11 for 96 yards, no touchdowns with one interception. Wait, so... <laughs> So Evan, so how many quarterbacks was there? Was it was it ten? It it was ten. So it was obvious. You guys got Manuel Orton, um, Tyrod, uh, Tyrod, and um, Cardinal Jones. Then you got okay, that's four. Then you have Mahomes. Then you have, um, geez, I'm Jackson on this Goff. Yeah, Huntley, Jackson Goff, and. It? Rogers. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Tyler Huntley and now Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, he's caught uh, a pass from 10 different quarterbacks. And it's crazy to think that he is only 29 years old. So he's been he's been around the league a lot. Uh, he's just he's been injured a lot. That was that was like the one thing that I found really interesting is once I was uh, honestly our last guest before Cardell Jones was Jared Goff, so I I can't believe I forgot Jared Goff. But yeah, the one that he's thrown that has uh, caught the most passes from was Patrick Mahomes. Hmm. So I found that found that just kind of interesting and love the show, guys. Uh, appreciate you just uh, allowing me to throw in a little snippets of information. Uh, you know yeah, what? Enjoy. Evan, I'm going to say this one thing. Anytime you have some random trivia that you just stumbled upon, whether that was on Twitter or just any of your, you know, your doings, you know, text one of us, call into the show. It's going to be a segment we'll, now. We'll, 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 Evan we'll, the we'll, trivia guy. Yeah, Evan the <laughs> trivia guy. We're, we're always up for, you know, just, you know, because it's interesting. It's a very interesting talk, and we love it. So, like, again, Evan, thank you for calling in. And, Evan, like, we'll always answer your phone calls. We you miss know. you, buddy. Oh, thanks. All right. You wouldn't miss me right now. I'm a little under the weather, but. <laughs> so am I. Don't of, worry. It's just that time of year. Yeah. Um, speaking of that time of year, football's coming around this Sunday. It's, uh, it's a nice little time of year as well. But, uh, Evan, thank you for calling in, man. And uh, I guess, yeah, listen to the rest of the show. It's kind of weird kicking you off the show, but <laughs> it's kind of like how the turntables <laughs> have turned moment. But, uh, <laughs> all right, man. That's no, no problem. Hey, Joe, enjoy the game. 
while I will be covering your show. Uh, oh. I knew it was coming. I knew it too. I knew it was coming. I knew, I knew it too. I had that feeling. I deeply appreciate it, Tipo. <laughs> I do. All right, I do. Adam, score prediction really quick. Bills, Packers, go. Um, I'm going to say the Bills are going to win 35-10. All right. I, I, I think that this is going to be a blowout. The, the Green Bay offense really can't keep up with the Bills defense, and I just – you know, they, I, I I think that it's just it's just not going to be close at all. That's my score prediction. All right, I will hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Keep it up. All right, you thanks. You're doing great. Thank, thank you. you, Evan. That has been Evan DePasquale, former former uh, actual host of the show on the Blitz. Now he's over doing producing duties at Odyssey and WGR, yeah, mainly yeah. on the Extra Point Show. Once in a while, you can catch him on the Nightcap. Uh, oh, he's yeah. done that a couple times. He's done a good job of that yes, as well. Yes, very good job of that. And, and, he also and done... by the way, Depot, I listened to it the, the other night, the last time you did it. So, you know, just keep up the good work, man. It's always good to hear from you, you know. So just keep up the good work and keep in touch, and we're you know we're all rooting for you. Yeah, stay on your roll, man. And also he does the sports updates there once in a while too. Uh, so if you ever hear Evan on WGR, it's not me. It's Evan <laughs> DePasquale. <laughs> it's Evan DePasquale. Um some might say the better looking oh, Evan. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Remember, we're on there. radio. I went there. I have a face for radio, so. <laughs> um, nonetheless, <laughs> I think right now, in a second here, we're, we'll, we'll talk about the NBA for about two to three minutes, and then we'll actually get into a quick break, and then we'll get back for our NFL Week <laughs> 8 game picks. I know um, what I want to talk about for the NBA, if that's where we're going. I was going to say, what what do you want to talk about, Tanner? The you Lakers. Got a couple of minutes. Yeah, let's talk about the Lakers really quick. Do you Tanner. see that uh, they're having Russell Westbrook as a reserve against Minnesota? Oh, so they're not even playing him. Apparently, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's what's going on. That's just that's just funny, man. Because LeBron came out a couple days ago and he said, "quote unquote, we can't shoot a penny in the ocean." Yeah, my I brother, saw that. you put the team together. I mean, Rob Palinka technically holds the title of general manager, but he's just a figurehead. Like, LeBron is LeGM. That's right. L E G M Le G M. <laughs> My brother in Christ, you put the team together. Like they're they're they could have traded they could have traded their last two remaining draft picks in twenty twenty seven and twenty nine, first round picks to the Pacers for Miles Turner, who is one of the best shot blocking bigs in the NBA, as well as a good three point shooter for a guy that's six foot eleven. You could have paired him to Anthony Davis, which would allow A D to play the four position, which he apparently prefers more. And he also could have gotten one of the best snipers in the NBA in Buddy Heald, which is something that the Lakers lack desperately. So they could have done that, traded Russell Westbrook for that. Or before the um before the Bo- Bojan Bogdanovic trade went down, he got traded from Utah to Detroit. They could have traded Russell Westbrook to the Jazz for Bojan Bogdanovic, Rudy Gay, and Mike Conley, and yet Russell here Russell Westbrook is still on the team making $40 million just to be a reserve. Like So it's just funny when LeBron says, oh, which, uh, he's not wrong. Like They can't shoot a penny into the ocean, but Mike, you put the team together. Like This is your fault. Yeah, and you know, the Russell Westbrook experiment has not been going well in L.A. thus far. I mean, when you have a team, you know, as your best player in LeBron James and your second best player in Anthony Davis, you think a lot of good things would be going potentially well for yourself. But when you look at that roster top to bottom, there is not a lot of depth. And again, if this was 2018 and Russell Westbrook's your third best player, 
you're probably looking like, okay, we got a big three. We're looking, you know, really to pull this thing Mm -hmm. and get a championship and contend. But I just have to be fair and honest with everyone. This isn't 2018 anymore. This isn't 2017 where Russell won the MVP. He isn't averaging a triple-double anymore. He doesn't have that same athleticism, that same burst and jump and intensity that he once had. He's not the same player. I still think he does some nice things. You'll see some nice rebounding ability, his ability to push the ball down the court and pass it, but he can't shoot for anything. He doesn't have that speed and intensity like I I mentioned anymore, and it's just not a good fit overall, and it's really putting the Lakers into a troublesome spot, and they are not able to get out of it right now. Boy, they're they're 0-4 right now. Things aren't looking, looking too good out there. In Lakerland, uh, let me see if I can. Another team that's kind of not doing so well right now. They're falling right down the standings. Is the Brooklyn Nets? Like Ben Simmons this season, like his stats through the first four games they played, some guys can put up in an entire game. Like there was one, they were playing the Milwaukee Bucks the other night, and there was this one uh, one possession where Ben Simmons is like right at the rim, and you can hear on one of the mics, you can hear Kyrie yelling at him, Ben, shoot it! And he doesn't. He just passes it out to <laughs> Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant bails him out by making by making a long two. And then, you know, he kind of airballed a layup last night in their game, so that's uh, that's troublesome for Brooklyn. I mean, I yeah. still think I don't hate Ben Simmons as much as some other people do. Like, I think he's a good player. He's a good playmaker, passer. He's one of the best defensive players in the NBA, but, but I don't know if maybe this whole mental health thing that he's going through is still bothering him because he just does not look right offensively. It's a good thing that he has two of the best, you know, perimeter scorers in the league in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to pick up the slack, but just something about him has been not right this year. I don't know if the back is still a thing, but there is something not right with Ben Simmons. You know, there's definitely something not well going on overall in Brooklyn. But, hey, we're going to take a quick break. And after that quick break, we will be right back with our Week 8 game picks. Uh, We're going to take a quick break here on 91.3 FM WB. Welcome back to the Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY. My name is Evan Harrington. I am still joined by Tanner Saunders, T-Sizzle, Joseph Kelly, the Buffalonian, Mr. Double D, Daniel Dell. We are all in studio still to give you the rest. For the rest of the show, we are going to go over our Week 8 game picks. Man, I am so stoked for this because now this week for game picks, we could actually talk about the Buffalo Bills at the end of it and actually give a game prediction and a score prediction on the Buffalo Bills. All right. I'm going to pod you brothers up, and let's get into uh, Okay, we're good. Let's get into <laughs> things. Uh, Dan's already into it with his energy. Let me pod this music down. Uh, all right, all right, Dan. Dude. I don't think any of the listeners on the drive want to listen to that. You might have them swirl balls. Actually, yeah. I think they're in the <laughs> well, ditch well, now. it might I just sound like late. a car horn. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be, you know how uh, Tesla has their own, like, you can upload your own sound? Here. Anybody who has a Tesla oh in Buffalo, New York. Give him a sound bite, Dan. Oh! <laughs> you just I, cut me off. I just so good. I just that, sounded, that sounded so funny because you could hear it in not not Dan's <laughs> mic, obviously, because it was turned down, but you could hear it in Evan's, which is just, that's funny. All right, I think I just. That's an all-time blitz moment right there. Yeah. That was hilarious. Get that clip and never lose it, Dan. All right, you got it. I'll, I'll mark it. I don't know if I saved many people's eardrums in the cars. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, They're going to just start calling in like, thank you, Evan. Thank you. Favorite producer. Uh, All right. Let's get into game picks. The first game is overseas. Um... In London, between the Denver Broncos and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, you're thinking, Jacksonville? They play in Jacksonville, but it's a home game for them in London? Yes, because the Jaguars play one game every year for the last decade or so in London. It is their second home. The Denver Broncos, led by Russell Wilson, who is officially starting after a hamstring injury, not playing last week. This guy's doing high knees on the plane to London. I don't, I don't know what he's doing, but he is playing this week, and he will be starting for the Denver Broncos, going up against the hometown favorite in Jacksonville Jaguars. Who do you guys got? Joe, go. Well, I'm going to be looking off my 12-leg parlay here on what I need to come out, and I've got the <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars money line outright for this game. I, uh, I think Trevor Lawrence, I mean, they've been up and down this season, right? Russell Wilson's just been flat on the floor. He's burning down in power field by eating too many danger witches, doing high knees on a plane. It's like that last episode of Seinfeld where they jump around on the plane and Kramer makes it crash. So I believe the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take the cake this week against the Denver Broncos. Tanner, go. I'm going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, they were one yard short from potentially knocking off you know, one of the best teams in football, at least record-wise, in the 6-1 and one New York Giants. So give me the Jacksonville Jaguars. As we all know, the Broncos are spiraling, spiraling right now, and the Jaguars' season has kind of come unglued after they got off to a hot start, but I still have faith in them. Duval! Oh, my God. Duval. I'm surprised you didn't yell that louder, Dan. I, I'm... Oh, wow. Wow. I don't even get to talk anymore. Okay, fine. I'll just leave. Play the one line from Charlie Pooh's song. We don't talk anymore. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. uh, well, you know, Broncos owner Greg Penner came out about Nathaniel Hackett and said, I support Nathaniel. I really want to see him succeed. He's a first-time head coach, and there's a lot of new things to get in place. But he knows we're not performing at a le- level we expect to. That means there ain't no trust there. I I, I think Nathaniel throw it away Hackett is going to throw away this game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I agree with you both. Duval. Give me the Jaguars in this matchup. Not only do they have the home field advantage, they also have the better quarterback, in my opinion, in Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence has looked much better this season than he did in his rookie campaign. He doesn't have Urban Meyer anymore. He's got an actual head coach in Mr. Doug Peterson. And again, like you mentioned, Tanner, they were only one yard away from beating the New York football Giants. And I think they're going to beat the Denver Let's Ride Broncos this Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in London. All right, we got a very interesting matchup. The Miami 4-3, Tua-led 4-0 Dolphins taking on the Detroit can't score a point in the last two weeks, basically, Lions. Who do you guys got? Joe, go. I am, I'm going to actually, I got to pull up the bet here. The, I have the Miami Dolphins against the Lions. I you know, I, I went with the favorite on that one. It's just, honestly, two is back. They played a little messy to me against the Steelers last week. They really did. But the Lions, I don't know. They just, Dan Campbell, they cannot hold on to a lead if they even get one within a game. And love Jared Goff. Played in the two highest scoring games in NFL history. But I, I got to go with Tua Tug of Iola or Tua Turn the Ball Over on this one. And uh, I'm going with the, uh, the not the Giants, the Dolphins. <laughs> 
I am also going to take the Miami Dolphins. As we know, the Detroit Lions defense is on a pace this season to be transcendentally bad. So how they plan on covering the likes of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and even Mike Kosicki, I frankly have no idea. And then Raheem Mostert coming out of the backfield. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins hung 40 up on the Lions this week. Go, Dan. Yeah, I mean, are, are you kidding me? I love Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and everything. And I still do, and they're going to beat the living pants off of Dan Campbell. You think a lion is dangerous? Have you seen a dolphin against a, a couple of sharks? I, I think the dolphins are going to win this game easy. Dan, right, just for the they, record, when you said beat the p- off of... Pants. Yeah, I thought you were going to go for a different word that started yeah. with P, just for the record. So I'm glad you chose pants, because I thought that was going in a little bit of... Dump, dump, Jeez, dump, guys. dump. That's what I thought that, was going to happen. That's a new one. Guys, the, wow. I can I've censor never, myself. No, that's not, a, that's not a new term. It's not. I just thought he was going somewhere different. Oh, when my I heard, God, but also, But also, what type of sharks are we going to get? Are we going to get the... The, the baby sharks or the big Miami Dolphins? I don't know this week. All right, so the Miami Dolphins, I have them beating the Detroit Lions. I believe the Dolphins have been a very good team this year when Tua has been under the helm uh, leading this team with the weapons of Mike Kosicki, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, and the competent running backs they have back there in uh, Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds have Will been you please tell Chase Edmonds that he's a competent back? Because I could <laughs> use it for fantasy this week with no Zeke. Yeah, well, he probably isn't seeing the field. Grab Tony Pollard off of waivers. I can't. It's, it's a, a dynasty, dynasty league, league, and the oh. rosters are like freaking fifty deep. So the best, <laughs> the best players and like free agency and waivers are like freaking retired Adrian Peterson. Oh. Like I have no option. Tony Gonzalez is an option. Yeah, right. Tony but Gonzalez. I'm, give, give me the Dolphins in this matchup. Let's take a look at a matchup that whoever wins will have lone possession for first place in the NFC South between the. Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. The Panthers are set to take on the Falcons at a 1 o'clock set time Eastern in Atlanta. What do you guys got? Falcons, Panthers, go, Joe, go. Uh, I think the Carolina Panthers are absolutely in shambles right now as we speak. There, There's there's no coach clear yet. They lost McCaffrey. I know they did an eh last week, whatever. I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons because, honestly, going into the season, they have overachieved from what we thought they would be doing, especially with the team they have. Marcus Mariota has put his big boy pants on, and let's just say he's playing some good football. I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. Is he going to beat the pants off of him? He's going to beat the pants off the Panthers. The Panthers. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, I... Oh, this is tough because Carolina, obviously, they're coming into this game riding high. You know, they just beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which say what you want about the Buccaneers, but they they still got, you know, all the high, high-end high talent that they do with Brady and Evans and, you know, everyone else, that defense, you know, but I just, I can't root against Atlanta. I mean, I'm, I'm going with the Falcons. Who would have thought that this could have been, that this, in week eight, the Falcons and the Panthers would have been playing for first place in the NFC, the NFC South. It's just crazy, but I'm going with Atlanta. You, you, you guys are picking the team that, you know, hasn't beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I don't care if Marcus Mariota has somehow come out of his shell with the Atlanta uh, Falcons, but in P.J. Walker, I trust. And Devonta Foreman, I trust. And I think the Panthers are going to take it down Georgia. Take it down to Georgia. I, I had to remember where the Falcons were for a minute there. And, and they're going to beat the living pants off the Falcons. 
I think the Falcons are going to win this matchup up against the Carolina Panthers. I like the way Marcus Mariota has been playing and the offensive play calling of young head coach Arthur Smith has been very creative and it has been very solid for the Atlanta Falcons thus far. And I just think the Falcons have been playing really good football this year despite what their record says. And I think they're going to beat the Carolina Panthers this week and take first place in the NFC South. NFC South. All right. We have the Cardinals taking on the Vikings. Joe, go. I am going to take the... Sorry, i got to find it on here. There's a lot of picks on this list right now. <laughs> uh, Joe, it's 12 picks. I know, but i got some over-unders i got to sift through, too. Oh, Cardinals, Vikings. Cardinals, Vikings. Not on the list, so I'm going off the cuff on this one. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going with the... Minnesota Vikings. I like Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Minnesota. I, yeah, Minnesota. I, I like Kirk Cousins. They've been doing all right. Devin Cook. I'm Dan's giggling over there still. I don't know. Is it because of the way it's said Minnesota? Yes. Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. Before I make my pick, I just I forgot to do this at the top of the segment, but I've been keeping track of you know my records throughout the year, week to week. Last week I went nine and five, and on the season I have a cumulative record of sixty two forty five and one. Wow! So now with this game, the Cardinals and the Vikings, I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, the Cardinals team is in shambles right now. Not entirely, because they just picked up a big win over the Saints, but that defense in particular. I know they got three picks on Andy Dalton, two pick sixes, but they let him throw for like 350-plus yards and four touchdowns when his best wide receiver was Chris Olave. So I think this Viking offense with Kirk Cousins throwing to Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and having Delvin Cook out of the backfield is just going to rip him to shreds. Give me Minnesota. I like that. (laughs) You like that? You couldn't turn me off for that one, Evan. I like that because I like Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Come on, baby. Minnesota all the way. Cardinals ain't that good. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings as well. Wow, we're all on the same yeah. page, Minnesota. Huh? Yeah. The Cardinals have been in a slump this year, and I just don't think there's any way they can get out of it. Um, and Call of Duty drop. Yeah, yeah. So Kyler oh, Murray. That's actually why I didn't pick this game now. I remember on the parlay, I stayed away <laughs> from it for a reason. Yeah, I still think Kyler Murray's a, a, a good quarterback, but I just not I do not like Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach, and that defense for that Cardinals just does not um, you know, do enough for me. All right. Give me the Vikings. Um just a quick round table pick. Bears at Cowboys. Oh, I'm first. That's right. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> he completely forgot. I'm going, I'm going with the Cowboys. I, I have them over the Bears, I believe. Yeah. I picked the Bears last week as an upset, but I'm not going to do it again this week. Give me the Cowboys. Give me the Cowboys. Easy peasy. Dak Prescott. Give me the Cowboys. I think the Bears have been a lot better as of recent uh, than they were initially advertised this year, but... I took the under. Give I, me the Bears. Or the, the, the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Fields, you trust. Huh? I have Fields in fantasy. He's my quarterback for the rest of the year. Oh, man. He looked like Lamar Jackson last week. We'll see if he keeps it up. All right. We got the Raiders going on in New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Saints. The Raiders now are a team that, you know, despite what their record says, they, they should be much better but they simply just have not been that good this year. What was the angel sound in the background? Okay, long story short, I I clicked on... I clicked on the thing and it took to a video and it's an ad of like some angel. I have no idea. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just heard that under this 
like game just show because music. the saints are supposed to be guards does that mean you have to play an angel sound here yeah what are the Holy odds uh, this 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 segment has been one for the ages man. <laughs> <laughs> all right give me the rate right. <laughs> i'll uh I'm, i got the raiders on the on the on the the parlay and i'm going with them i uh i think the saints Andy Dalton, big whoop, you know. I, I I think he's been good, but he also throws interceptions. So give me the L V Raiders. Dang, LV dang Raiders. that did not that did not sound good. I didn't like the sound of that. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, there you go. Well, I was originally gonna pick the Saints. I had it in my mind that I was gonna pick the Saints, but then Evan was talking about the Raiders, and you heard that angelic choir in the background. So maybe that was a God's way of telling me that I should choose the Las Vegas Raiders. So I will be doing just that. Give me the Raiders. Dan, go. I I love me some Hurricane. I I, I love me some Mighty Grouse Mustard from uh, from Popeyes, Louisiana Kitchen. This is not an ad. This is not a sponsor. Popeyes is fraudulent, just so you know. Uh, Garbage. Partially yes and partially no. But we'll talk about that when we have a food show. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think we're going to do Saints. I, I, I'm going to pick the Saints and Andy Dalton we trust. All right. Give me the Raiders <laughs> again. Their record does not show how good of a football team they are. Their record is under 500, and I think they're a much better football team than their record uh, you know, displays and showcases. So give me the Raiders in this matchup. I think Devontae Adams and Derek Carr has a big game. All right, let's not even bother on this pick. Let's just go right quick with it. Steelers at Eagles. 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 Way to fly. jump the gun, Dan. Yeah, yeah. no problem. Fly I love Jalen Hurts. Dan is a forward thinker. I'm an Eagle man. All right. <laughs> Patriots at Jets. This is a very interesting <laughs> matchup because... Throughout the week on Monday, Mac Jones took 90% of the snaps for New England over Bailey Zappi, and he did get benched last week, but there was an interesting little video that kind of swirled its way on Twitter Twitter when Mac Jones threw that football and it got intercepted by Jaquan Brisker against the Bears on Monday Night Football. It might have hit the ESPN camera line on uh, that little skywire, but I don't know. That's another plausible talk. deniability on That's ESPN's another talk part for another day, ESPN trying to rig the football games. Um, nonetheless, Patriots at the New Jersey Jets. I did not pick this. Yeah, I picked the Jets. I picked the Jets. I I, I like the Jets a lot. Um, they've been playing well. Even losing Brees Hall, Zach Wilson's looked pretty good this season, actually, so far. And the Patriots haven't necessarily been the best at bringing pressure. They allowed Justin Fields to run all over them like he's an all-star Lamar Jackson, which we all know he's not. So give me the Jets and Zach Wilson with a clean pocket will take this. Give me the New York Jets as well. They're coming into this game banged up. You know, morale might be down. They lost Brees Hall for the season. They lost Elijah Vera Tucker, who's been a Swiss Army knife along that offensive line for the season. But they brought in reinforcements. They brought in James Robinson from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Wide receiver Corey Davis is out, but Elijah Moore will be back. So give me the New York Jets. We all know about Zach Wilson. We saw what Justin Fields did to him. And just er, uh, Zach Wilson, you know, he has that ability to use his legs and extend plays. So give me the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Can I abstain? I I don't want to pick this game. I I just don't. I don't I don't like picking between the Patriots and the Jets. It's just not something in my blood that I want to do. Um, I'm gonna go different. Mac Jones. Why not? 
you you got benched for you're rooting that, for the New England Patriots right now. You're like, rooting for like, the Jets. Yeah. What? That's what? better. I'd rather someone root for the Jets than the Patriots. I mean, like, honestly, if we lose this game and they win, the Jets are the top in the AFC. Exactly. So I'd rather the Patriots win to have that little breather. All right. Nonetheless. I'm going to have to go with the Jets in this matchup. <laughs> Throwing in a clean pocket this season, Zach Wilson's completing about 76% of his passes or so. He has been solid, not great, not you know completely disappointing, but there's still a lot to improve in Zach Wilson's game, and there's still a lot to improve offensively for the New England, and I don't think they're going to do it against the Jets. Robert Sala and that defense led by Quinn and Williams, Carl Lawson, and C.J. Mosley, they have it locked down. And on the outsides, and D.J. Reed and Sauce Gardner, those guys have been outstanding thus far. So give me the Jets. I'm not going to say the Chan Tanner, but just give me the Jets. All right, let's move on to another in-division matchup. In the AFC South, we have the Tennessee Titans taking on the Davis Longneck Mills Houston Texans. Who do you guys got? Joe, go. I have the... Uh, Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I, I I took them easy. I I I played the bets safe. Let's just say that. But I, I took the Titans over the Texans. Davis Mills long neck giraffe hasn't been able to do anything this season. I I, I think Derrick Henry's going to run all over them, and Ryan Tannehill is going to throw a backwards pass that gives up about thirty yards third direction. But Derrick Henry saves the game. Yeah, look, we're t- General Mills, Giraffe Neck Mills, like I like the guy. I like the guy, but the Titans, after their 0-2 start, have returned to form, and they're looking like the team that was just one year removed from being the number one seed in the AFC. So give me the Tennessee Titans. The running back with the most yards in the history years, and known as the king of the running backs, shall. I thought you turned me off for a minute. I, I almost got so ticked. <laughs> shall reclaim his throne and rightfully place the crown upon his head as he runs all over the Houston Texans. I think he said that the Titans are winning, so yeah. I'm going to agree with Dan there. I'm just not going to go as much detail. <laughs> Give me the Tennessee Titans over the Texans. All right. We have the Daniel Jones-led 6-1 Giants taking on the Geno Smith 4-3. First, first place in the NFC West, Seattle Seahawks. Who do you guys got in this matchup? Go. I did not pick this game. I took the under in this game. The under was 45 points. I don't think they pushed that. But I also think without DK Metcalf playing this week, it is going to be the Daniel Jones and the New York football Giants taking this game. Uh, their pass defense, you saw they stopped that last touchdown play. For the Jags on the one-yard line. They, they buffed it up. Their pass defense the whole game was swatting them down. Call, draw a, blah, blah, blah. They drew a couple penalties, but, I mean, other than that, they were pretty pretty good. And I, I think, honestly, everyone's been talking so much, so high about Geno Smith. I think the Giants come in and fleece them, for sure. Flub. I'm going with the I'm going with the Seahawks. I, I like what uh, Marquise Goodwin showed. You know, you mentioned DK Metcalf's out, but I like what what Bills legend Marquise Goodwin came in there and did in his place. Um, and this is a home game for the Seahawks, and we know that Lumen Field is historically a very hard place to play. So I know the Giants are six and one; they're riding high. But I'm taking who most people would probably consider to be the underdog in the Seattle Seahawks. I, I did have the Seahawks winning about two seconds ago. I, I I switched my pick. I'm going with the Giants. I picked against yeah. the Giants too many times now to be wrong anymore. If I'm wrong now, I don't know what to think anymore. But I'm going with the Giants. 
Give me the Giants as well with DK Metcalf out. That is the top target for Geno Smith. Now he still has Tyler Lockett, Noah Fant, Will Disley, and in the backfield and Kenneth Walker. The only way that the Seahawks would win this game if Kenneth Walker has 200 yards on the ground. But if not, give me the Giants. It's going to be a low-scoring game, probably some way 24-21 to 21 or 21-17 sort of far. But give me the Giants in this matchup. All right. The Commanders going up against the Colts. We're not going to be able to see a Carson Wentz, you know, rivalry, uh, reunion, revenge game mm-hmm. against the Colts. He's not playing, but Taylor Heineke is. And new quarterback for the Colts and Mr. Sam Ellinger replacing Matt Ryan, who is benched not only for his performance, but also with his shoulder injury. Joe, go. Um, I did not touch this game either. I took the under. Uh, I am going to go with the Washington Commanders on this one, I would have to say. I like Taylor Heineke. They they played well last week against the Packers, the struggling Packers for the Bills this weekend. And uh, Heineke came out there and played his best football. And honestly, you know what? This game, if I were to pick a winner, I would stay away from it because... We don't know how Sam Ellinger is going to look. I mean, we saw him in the preseason, and he played pretty well. So this is kind of a toss-up, in my opinion. But I'm going to go with the Washington Commanders. I am also going to go with the Commanders simply for the fact that uh, Indianapolis is trotting out a quarterback making his first career start there. Matt Ryan's time as the Colts QB1 lasted 28 weeks and three days. He can't escape that number. That's probably why he got sad. But, you know, teams don't do well after 28-3 to losses. <laughs> Losing that type of lead. So I think the Commanders are going to sneak in a win there against Sam Ellinger. Yeah, give me the Washington Commanders in this one. Just with the quarterback change in Indianapolis, I think it's going to take a couple weeks for Ellinger to get his feet wet and really start playing like how the you know front office and the coaching staff of the Indianapolis Colts want him to play. Uh, give me the Commanders in this one. All right. 49ers Rams. You got the you know, really first full week of practice for Christian McCaffrey in a 49ers uniform going up against the LA Rams, another divisional division uh, matchup. It's a huge one for both teams. Not only do they want to get back to first place in their own division, but, you know, these teams pretty much have the same record. What do you guys got? Go, Joe. 49ers because they absolutely wiped the floor at them earlier this season and not much has changed except they've added Christian McCaffrey, so... Yep, I'm going to go with the 49ers. We didn't see a whole ton of Christian McCaffrey against Kansas City, but I think we'll start to see more of them. We'll see Christian McCaffrey lined up wide. We'll see Debo lined up in the backfield, and the Rams are just they are going to be frazzled. They're not going to know what to do. Give me the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon you George Kittle, who cares? You know who's coming back for the Rams? Van freaking Longfield Jefferson. Rams are going to win. <laughs> All right. I Van don't... Jefferson better have like 150 yards and two <laughs> touchdowns now. Yeah, you're he better. Talk, you're talking about he's going to have 10 receptions for 200 yards and three touchdowns. Hey, I like my Van Jefferson. I love him too. I think he's a big player, and I think him not in the lineup really limits what the, the Rams can do offensively, but I don't know if it's enough to combat playmakers on the offensive side of the ball in the 49ers, you know, with the guys like Samuel, uh, Kittle, McCaffrey, Ayuk. Etc. Uh, give me the 49ers in this matchup. I'm saving this matchup for last, but on Monday Night Football, we have the Bengals versus the Browns. Monday Night Football. Who do you guys got? Go. I took the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, it's just 
after the game they had last week, it was like a Madden game. I mean, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, even though he's Jamar Chase is hurt, I mean, I, I, I do not trust Jacoby Brissett to lead that team to a victory. Even though they have Nick Chubb, I think the Bengals are set up more. They represented the AFC in the Super Bowl last year, and last week they looked like it, and I think they're going to do it again this week. I am also going to take the Cincinnati Bengals. Just the Browns have been in a tailspin, and oh, sure, yeah, the Bengals don't have Jamar Chase, but they still have T. Frickin' Higgins and Tyler Boyd, who is the second best slot receiver in football, trailing only KJ Osborne. So give me the Cincinnati Bengals. Even without uh, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow still got some options out there, and that's not even to mention Joe Mixon. Yeah, the Browns ain't got nothing. Uh, Nick Chubb's been pretty limited the past couple of weeks by defenses. I don't think he's like his old self right now. They need Deshaun Watson back more than ever uh, off that suspension. Bengals all the way with Joe Burt. All right, yeah, give me the Bengals as well. The Bengals are rolling, and they're looking to really sum themselves as the you know third or fourth best team in the AFC just behind the Bills, Chiefs, maybe even Ravens for consideration. But... The Bengals are going to win this game against the Browns with no Jamar Chase. All right. The biggest matchup of the week for us, Bills fans here. In the whole NFL. Yes. Bills versus Packers. Now, I do want to note that the players that have been listed out for the Packers goes as the following. Alan Lazard and cornerback Sherman Jean Charles are out. David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Rashawn Gary, Christian Watson are questionable. All right. Let's move on to this part. Joe. Packers, Bills, go. I think I'm going to have to take the Packers on this one. Nope, just kidding. I absolutely, I'm going with the Bills. No question about it. So much better than the Packers. More put together, better team. Every All of the above. Bills wins 56-14. to 14. I, uh... When we did our schedule predictions like way back, I picked the Packers actually to win this game. But I'm going to say Bills 35-17. Yeah, how can I not take the Bills? I mean... Come on, the Packers have looked the worst they have in, like, what, a decade? Maybe not even. Um, Bills win 44-30. to All right. I have the Bills winning this matchup 41-17 to because every single time that I pick a close game with the Bills, it somehow turns into just a blowout matchup. And with the way the Packers have been playing, I don't like the Packers in this matchup, and I am going to have to take the Bills 41-17 at home, especially on the lights. All right, let's do it. We have 50 seconds. Quick social medias. Joe, go. You can find me on Twitter at the Buffalonian on Instagram at Joe Cali. On Twitter at TJ Saunders 2000 and on Instagram at Tanner underscore Saunders 2000. On Twitter at double underscore D, capital WBMY. And you can find me on Twitter at Evan H716 and on Instagram at Evan Harrington underscore 63. This has been another episode of The Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY, Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening to another great episode of The Blitz. Get home safe, safely wherever you're driving. Enjoy the game this weekend. Stay safe, and we will see you guys Monday for another episode of The Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY.